We have to do lots of things to move forward. We have to learn to do that with gratitude. We have to do that with the ability to look at those experiences and say, this is what got me to where I'm at. This is who I am and how I got here is all of these experiences and look at them outside of the meaning that we create around them. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Three Dad Bots with Brent, Carl, and Sean. We've got a special guest today. Alan is back with us again. He is a, you're a Schumann, right? Or is it a Sean man? Or I, what was that again? It's... I'm just a <laughs> person. He is a Schumann. I you love do have the aggressive. best shoes. Sure, you have I the do best have shoes. lots of shoes, and I love them. So <laughs> guess who's back That's today? Harry Bag. Yeah, you're back. Proof that he's not dead and a reason why I was able to put my Sean shrine away. <laughs> he's resurrected. That's what the fate we all have to look forward to once the resurrection occurs is Sean. Yeah, didn't turn out well, did it? I have only oh. promised. <laughs> hey, we have Alan on again from, remember he was on the Vinny podcast. He didn't say a whole lot. So tonight we're going to talk to Ellen about a lot more and he welcome our audience and we're going to have a fun time tonight. So we'll start out this shoe thing. Tell the audience more about it and why you're called the crazy shoe guy and Instagram. Isn't that your profile? That's name? my Instagram handle is, is crazy shoe guy. So okay. my wife and I used to own a shoe store many years oh. ago. It's actually been closed for about 15 years, but I fell in love with shoes and oh. you know, so. I, I like to talk to people about, you know, it's, it's about how you present yourself and mm -hmm. shoes are just part of that, but I like yeah. shoes. So I, lots of really interesting shoes. I usually try to put stories with them, you know, and talk about why that's, that shoe made a difference. Like there's one pair of shoes. that's a ratty pair of tennis shoes I've taken to with me to Egypt and to hmm. the Dead Sea and to the Red Sea. Wow. And they've been with me to all over Paris as I ran around Paris and to, so, uh, let's see, where else did they go with me? To Peru. Panama. And no, nope, oh. I didn't have them for Panama. That was earlier. I know. Sad, yeah. right? They're pretty amazing. So, so there's some meaning behind these shoes. So. Yeah. So Just a shoe. Not all the shoes have that, have had that fun experience of being all over the world, but you know, right. I think it's important for people Wait. to really think about what they're putting on. Yeah, Did that's you have, interesting. Uh, relationships with the uh, goats that they're uh, made out of shoes. That's a great uh, question. No, I, from didn't, I did not meet any goats, although I did get a goat skin jacket in Italy. And now for the audience that doesn't know the relationship between those two, they're actually brothers. Sean is yeah, the youngest. Sean is my little younger brother. You could tell by the maturity level. Are those your favorite shoes or do you have like. Is there like one for every occasion? Is like, there one pair for every occasion? Yeah. No, but I do love to pick a shoe and create some sort of an outfit to go with it. Like when I'm doing oh. a gala for one of the charities that I work with, they're always very, you know, dressy. So it's fun to put together an outfit. So how many pairs of shoes do you have? We need to nail that down. Well, I probably have close to a hundred pair. Nice. Ooh. You don't have any Crocs though, right? No I Crocs. I do not have any Crocs. I, I okay, we can continue on. Crocs. All right. One last I'm glad that you love your life. Love your life. So your so, peers would be, um, tell us just with, a few. With, let's see, Natalie Tanner, mm -hmm. Evan Mattingly, Davey Gunn. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <clears throat> Let's see. Kerry Bruce, Norma Ralph, Margie Burroughs, D. Ray Cully. Um, uh, that's a lot of names I haven't heard in a long time right there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a lot. And those are all the people that were my age from the neighborhood. Michelle Drabner. Yeah, yeah there yeah, were a were lot like of like George and, and Jeff too, right? Jeff. And, uh, who was Jeff Pierce. Down across street. Yeah, Jeff Pierce. Um, George nor were older. They were a were year they? or two older. 
So and do you they have were any stories from the neighborhood that the three of us may not have heard? Um, you know, for me, I did <laughs> not, not did not hang with the neighborhood kids much. Okay. I was that, you know, call it whatever it is. I was, I was bullied by the neighborhood kids a lot and not mm. all of them. Uh oh. So I didn't, oh, I didn't. The whole look. neighborhood. <laughs> I am calling out the neighborhood. There was a lot of bullying going on. Um, in that in that age group, it just is what it is. And so I didn't hang with a lot of people. I hung with Daryl Catmull a lot. Daryl and I spent a lot of time together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you got out of that neighborhood, uh, <laughs> when you went to school, did you go to when college? And how did you meet your uh, your your wife? Because isn't she from our, so our she's state? She's from that or... same neighborhood, just further towards yeah. 3500 South, a little further north. So the funny thing is, Susan and I were in kindergarten together, Jackling Elementary. Then we both went, Susan and I both went to Kennedy Junior. Um, Let me ask, what's her maiden name? What's Susan's maiden name? Susan's maiden name is Bolander. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. She was the baby of her I don't remember her at all. Yeah, she would have been, yeah, you probably wouldn't have known her because she was, she's my age. She's Um, four years older. Yeah. She was out of high yep. school before you were having. And so um, Susan and I ended up going to co- different colleges. We both went on missions. Um, well, did, did you schools. know each other like through middle school and through oh, high yeah. school? Oh, yeah. Stuff? I, you did? Um, I had a, a huge crush on one of her girlfriends. Um, yeah. We're not talking about that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so I would walk home from school with them and, uh, then we, you know, it, you end up at different high schools, but you're still doing church stuff together. Yeah, um, yeah. That same singles work for four years. And then I finally asked her out. So how did you guys like get together and, you know, and yeah, you were asking them. Um, how they... Well, you know, so Susan was in charge of activities in the singles ward. And so. She came over and we were doing a service project and one a service scavenger hunt. Well, my parents had ripped out their front yard and they, uh, so one of the places everybody had to come to was the front yard at mom and dad's house to help with the yard. Um, and oh, that so wasn't a bit self-serving. Oh, uh, well, and not my, it. Susan set hey, it up. I got an idea. Anyway, um, so. She came over one day, you know, afterward, after the activity, and I, we were all there talking, and Dad's like, you, you, something about, you know, you, you should take Alan home. He's potty trained, you know, because that's how Dad is. And Susan's, uh, Susan will tell you that the first thought in her head was, I wouldn't even, I'm not taking him home, and I wouldn't even date him. Any. Famous, <laughs> that's in her head, you know, so but she just married him. And laugh. There is children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we were in the singles ward for about four years together. And um wow. I finally her out and just and it wasn't that I was asking her out because I was looking for a girlfriend. I just I, she's nice. I really like her. Yeah. Um as a person. She was a fun. She wasn't she wasn't scattered. She wasn't giggly. She wasn't one of those girls that just didn't have a lot of substance to her. She yeah. was very bright. She had been doing business stuff for years. In fact, um, in junior high, she was so serious and everything. She didn't, I don't think she owned a pair of jeans. She always went in a skirt and a blazer, you know, very business-like. Oh, wow. That's how my mother-in-law, Sue, always was. She was very professional. Um, yeah. My mother-in-law owned the first, uh, opened the first computer store in Utah. It was called the wow. Bike Shop, and they sold mainframes. And so Susan had to go downtown and work with her mom every day. And so she was just very businesslike. And so she, I always thought she was so serious. And yeah. so I just not really that interested in getting to know her that well. Um, anyway, I asked her out, and we found out how similar we had. Our interests were we love we both love both like shoes. Um, no, that was much later. Um, <laughs> you know, and and just we we got talking and we just got to be friends. And so, I yeah, I, we ended up married because 
she's awesome. And why That's wouldn't awesome. I? So how, how long did you guys date? And then what year did y'all get married? We dated for about three and a half months before I asked her. And then uh-huh. we got engaged in, and married three months later. So the whole thing nice. was like six and a half months. And we just had our 30th wedding anniversary the first part of February. Congrats, so, man. That's awesome. I, I, Good. She hasn't kicked me out yet. So we're, we're, where'd you go go to celebrate that? Uh, The 30th anniversary. We just went Uh to Hawaii. That's right. Last Wednesday. So haven't even been home a week. Which I, how many kids do you have? Um, and what their ages are? So we have three children. Our oldest passed away as a baby of SIDS. Okay. Our second child is Haley and she is 25 and our third child is Dylan and he is 23. They're both approaching birthdays. Wow. Any grandkids yet or? uh, We have three grandkids. Our first two. So Haley has two boys. Um, They are five and three. And then Dylan and his wife have a little girl who's about six months old. Jealous. Awesome, man. That is so cool, man. Yeah. Very, very fun. That and is right so now cool. they all live at my house. <laughs> oh, that makes it fun. Even more so, fun. Huh? It's so quiet in there. <laughs> Dylan and his wife are Marines. Yeah, I've got plenty of room in my closet. They, they yeah, get to, throw them in there. Not, they don't get a, They don't get to have any space where my shoes go. There's um, good reason that they're there, though. They're not. They're not just. Uh, no. So. So Dylan and his wife um, both left the Marines um, under medical release. Um, both uh-huh. had injuries that preclude them from continuing their service. Um, and so we wanted them to have a space where they felt safe and where they could just, you know, figure out what their life looks like with those injuries sure. and those struggles. Um, and so we built an apartment in the basement. And so they've got... Uh, their own space, their own bedrooms, living room, kitchen, so they can, their own entrance. So, so they're here with us and we're having a ball. The kids are great. It's awesome. They both serve too, man. That's really cool. I kind of, uh, lost track of you. Then I saw you again on Facebook and you were a realtor. How long were you in the real estate business? I, I, I'm still in the real estate business. I'm still doing oh, real estate. Okay. Um, I've been doing that for over 17 years. Right. Um, also, I'm a, I'm a CE instructor. I teach CE classes for real estate agents uh, because we have to do a certain amount of continuing ad every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I still do hey. that. Yeah. Well, we weren't going to talk about real estate tonight. We wanted to talk to you about something you mentioned in Vinny's podcast that you were on. And it was the fact that you, um, and I don't know how often you do this, if this is a full-time thing, a gig you do on the side or, or not, but a shaman, what is a shaman? To me, it it seems like, yeah, to me, I, I see pictures of Native Americans with feathers and staffs and chanting and i mean not you know to it's get really too, interesting where I get yeah, indigenous, that's an indigenous shaman well, so, okay well explain what a yeah. shaman is we we do so, have a navajo cousin yes we do she lives um, in arizona she does so the word shaman is uh came from uh a tribe in siberia uh, from a group hmm. in Siberia, that's where the word, that's kind of the, the origins of the word or the name shaman. Um, but what it really means is it's someone who's a teacher. It's someone who hmm. bridges the, the, the two worlds, the physical world and the spiritual world. Um, it's really about um, your culture. Um, there are shaman represented in different groups worldwide. worldwide. They're just called different names if you look at Mm. the gaelic traditions through northern europe and you know you have uh different groups that through south america the inca um where those traditions come from uh you've got different groups all over the united states and mexico 
Um, the, and they go all by different names. You've got wise men, you've got shaman, you've got healers, you've got wisdom keepers, you've got all sorts of different names. And so West, the Western world has just adopted the name shaman for all of those types of things. And so that's kind of where that comes from. I have been, so my story is I started about seven years ago. I met this guy named Vinny and he started me on this different path of understanding, you know, some, some different spiritual things. Um, and I started looking at, you know, all of the things that people have experienced when they're on the other side and, and how that all fit in with, you know, our, our lives here. Um, and about mm -hmm. two and a half years ago, my wife and I, uh, wanted to maybe do some, learn about sound healing because our two grandsons are both on the autism spectrum. And hmm. we thought, you know, maybe some sound healing would be something that would be beneficial for the boys. And What's so, sound healing? Explain that. So sound healing would be using different types of instruments like a, um, a, a sound bowl is something that you often see um, that gives off different tones or a singing bowl is what they call it. Um, it gives yeah. off different vibrations and different, different tones. If you've ever heard of like the solfeggio tones, go look that up on the internet. It's different frequencies and um, how they affect your body. Um, did, you say, did you say self-flagellating tones? No, I did not say. I said solfeggio. We need to clean out your ears and turn up your hearing aids, Sean. It's basically it's those like those, those anywhere. tone bars, oh. right? There's so many different things you can use. You can use tuning forks. You can use, um, yeah. there, if, if you go look up, um, healing frequencies on YouTube, you'll get hundreds of thousands of options for things to listen to Delta waves and theta waves. And there, uh, we could talk about just the sound healing portion for hours. Um, it's those, be, um, it's those chants you hear too, like those, uh, Buddhist chants, the, it, that is part of it as well. You've got the, yeah. the chants and the meditation. There's so many things that go into the, the healing process and sound healing is just something that we were interested in. And so we looked into that and started learning about that. And we were invited, Susan was invited to go participate in a shaman class. Um, and we thought this okay. could be really interesting. Now, wait, before you go there, okay. was there any reservation that, because this is way out of the wheelhouse normally, going to a yeah. shaman class, what was your perception before you went to the class and then, and then tell us what happened in the class? And, and also, in the class, when you first met him, were you able to squeeze the shaman? Norman <laughs> Brent. Wow. I like that. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> you tied that together. And no, we yeah. don't squeeze the shaman. Susan can squeeze the shaman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Alan. Sorry. So, uh, so I'm on the it's board of directors for a charity called the Christmas Box House, which is an emergency shelter for kids that are abused and um, that are taken out of homes and they need somewhere for them to be. Um, in the interim of, you know, all of the stuff that goes on with social work and, and, um, foster care. Um, so I was invited to go talk to a group of people, um, about the charity, um, at Christmas time, two years ago. And as I'm sitting there in the space, uh, the, the host introduced all of these people around the room and said, oh, and this guy's a shaman and this guy's a shaman and this lady's an oracle. And, and so, uh, the guy sitting right next to me is an amazing man named Jeff Olson, who, um, taught it, who was going to be teaching a shaman class. And it just happened to be on a Sunday night. And that was the only time I could attend. Um, and so I thought, okay, maybe I'll take it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure this again, the reservations, right. Um, the right. thought process. This doesn't quite fit in with all the things that I was raised in because um, I was raised LDS and I've always been the one who did everything I was told. Um, well, maybe not everything. But I, I tried really hard to do all the things that I was told to do and, and be, behave myself. Our so parents this had two very different children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Sean, not everybody can get up at their brother's farewell and say, I'm not going to go on a mission and then end up going on a mission three years later. Not everyone can I, do that. So I'm introduced to this guy named Jeff and, you know, he's he's going to be teaching this class. And um, I'm again, I'm just thinking, no, I just I don't know that I'm really going to do this. I don't know that it's the right thing. Um, again, the the religious pressure, the the experience of, you know, you don't do things that are outside the wheelhouse. You don't do things that are, you know, not, not approved. Um, <laughs> and so I, so the day. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I was like, okay, that's nice. I'll think about it. So two days later, my wife and I are headed to a book launch for a friend of mine and we're driving down the freeway. And my wife says, okay, now what's the address of this place? And I tell her the address and, and it's something Main Street in Lehigh, Utah, um, is where we're going. And and she's like, well, that address sounds really familiar. And I'm like, well, it's Sage something. She's like, and she starts laughing. She's like, Sage Canvas. And I'm like, what? Sage Canvas. That's where I take my shaman classes. And I'm like, really? Okay. So we go over and uh, my friend's having his book launch at the shaman studio. Um, And... Uh, because he's rented the space for the night because he knows our writing coach. Um, this is a friend through my right, one of my writing uh, groups. And so I went to support him. Uh, he knows the shaman that's teaching my wife, who knows our writing coach, who knows the guy that invited me to do the shaman class, who knows, you know, all of these people. And I'm thinking, okay. All right. And they're all, you should go take it. Jeff is amazing. You'll love the class. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Maybe I'll do it. And Susan had scheduled us to go do something else on Saturday morning called a sound bath. Because again, we're studying the sound therapy to see what would work for the boys. And I walk in and there's this really nice lady named Lisa. And she's, and she says, Oh, are you going to take that that class? Because Susan said had must have said something beforehand, and I, and and she says, "Oh, I'm so excited because then there will be somebody there that I know," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my hell, <laughs> fine, I get it, God. I'm supposed to take this class," and that oh. was the impression that I got. I needed to go take this class. I needed to go learn about this and understand. And honestly. Taking the class gave Susan and I this opportunity to have these amazing conversations about shamanism and about the the lessons that there we were learning and about the the way of of thinking and the way of looking at things. And shamanism so isn't, this isn't this isn't like a ceremonial thing. This is more about just a conversation between people. Is that am I getting that correct? Or? So, so these are classes. They're the, you're having conversations. You're in a workshop environment. You're learning about the archetypes of shamanism, which there are seven, and they're tied to the chakras in your body, which are the energy centers or your nerve bundles that run through your body. You're learning about yeah. all of these different things, and then there are shamanic rites that they pass on uh, that give mm. you keys within shamanism or you know, abilities to accomplish or do things within the shamanic world and that connect you to the, the, the energy, the energies of the world and the energies of the spirit world so that you can be that bridge. Um, almost like a Mason then. Uh, no, not quite. No, not at all. Okay. Like a very Mason. Di- very <laughs> different, at all very, like a Mason. very different, not quite the same. <laughs> okay. Close um, <laughs> to being the same. Sorry. Yeah, no, not even remotely close. Where does so, that even come from? Amazing. Well, well, it's because about... I said the word rights. Right. So, you know, yeah, that's where that's where it came right, from. I know like where Scottish rain comes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, the interesting thing was, as I was learning, it didn't really do anything different or teach anything different than the most of the things I'd grown up with. It's not a religion in and of itself. It's more of an overlay. It's something that can work with your religious beliefs. It can work like a with, lifestyle. It's it's more of a lifestyle. It's more of yeah. your thought processes. It's more about learning to have that inner peace. Yeah. I mean, it's really about that. I've I've been more at peace around 
learning these things because now guess what? I'm meditating and yeah. mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm setting my, I'm setting intentions. I'm really thinking specifically and carefully around the things I do in my life instead of just trying to bungling around. Right. Mm -hmm. So. So now I did a little research on this before we came uh, tonight to have this discussion. Based on what I was looking at on YouTube, and obviously everybody thinks everything on YouTube is true, but uh, there's this one, there's this one lady who was talking about, about uh, shamanism 101. Basically, it was a lot more about the spiritual, um, as far as how we relate to the spiritual, and like you said, the chakra and everything. Um, they were mentioning things like shamanic journey. Um, can you explain what that is? And then a little more about the meditation. I mean, is this, uh, something you listen to kind of groovy music and I mean, go, th go through. So maybe such again, like. there are lots of different, um, groups and different philosophies and different experiences and teachings around shamanism. So you just, you have to kind of know which, which, uh, culture you're coming from. Um, and what those, those things look like. So shamanic journeys, um, oftentimes you will hear people say, I went and did a shamanic journey and that what the, uh, most people are talking about has something to do with plant medicines. So oh, okay. like psilocybin or ayahuasca or peyote or things like that. And they, those are things that you have to be really careful of because obviously in the United States, those are things that are illegal. Well, my uh, brother would be all over that. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't send and, your brother out. Oh, he knows. He's listening to this. No, I'm yeah. talking about the FBI. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, um, I didn't say where he goes. Way to go, Carl. Little... Way to go. Yeah. Your brother's anyway, going to be he's okay. tomorrow. He's going to be, he's going to be mad Logan now. talks about it. Elon Musk talks about yeah. it. He's going to be fine. It, it's something that's, they're all. Yeah, but he doesn't name people, people who use it. Well, that, they, yeah. he grow. He does. He, I, I said just, he, just he only it. does it in the Arctic. And he's a missionary for their, the, the mushroom church. Okay. There you anyway, go. Sorry, Ellen. No, you're fine. About, um, so the shaman, a lot of people are talking about the shamanic journey in that, in that context. Um, a shamanic journey uh, is often um, a way to connect with your higher self is, is probably what I'm going to call that. And you can do that in many different ways. You'll see people doing it through breath work, um, through just general meditation. You'll, it, uh, a journey is almost, I would almost call it a guided meditation. Um, oftentimes mm, okay. you'll have somebody who's directing a journey and will direct you uh, through specific spaces and um, you can do a journey to meet an animal guide. You can do this to meet your own spirit or guides, you know, or your guardians, those people that are on the other side who are there helping and supporting you in the things that you do. So okay. it really depends on what your goal is to accomplish and who's guiding that um, and what group you're in. I have, I have friends who go to Peru um, and meet with some amazing shaman down there who are very careful in how they work um, an ayahuasca journey. And you do that. Oh. That's about a two-week experience. And it's all about learning about yourself. Um, I, everything I do is substance-free, um, not because I'm, I'm totally against those things and think they're wrong, but because for me, if I'm going to connect to spirit and I'm going to connect in a way that I can do it on a regular basis and be aware in order to help people, um, I have to be able to do that without something Clear as mind. a crutch. I'm going to call it for me, something that Clear allows mind. me to, yeah, I need to be able to do it, uh, in the, in that moment without having something to, to push me there. I have to be able mm. to get there. So everything I do is substance free and everything I teach is substance free. But I'm not saying that if you've got a big thing that you're stuck on, that this isn't something that would, wouldn't help you. Um, they're so, using great help in things like ketamine treatments, um, which are mm -hmm. a, a chemical version of the things that happen in, or that come from psilocybin or from ayahuasca and those other plant medicines. So, so 
before you became a, a shaman, I, I'm presuming that you would go and visit one and, and experience these classes or, you know, these sessions firsthand before jumping in and becoming a, a so shaman over, yourself. Over the last, over the last two and a half years specifically, I have worked with and studied under four different shaman and, and each one had different techniques and different um, skills that they taught. Each one taught um, different philosophies. Um, all three, three of the four, well, actually four, all four um, have had the, the majority of their training through the Munaki shaman group that originates in Peru. Um, and so great teachers out there, you just have to go with what makes sense and somebody who really is working hard to bring you to a good place and help you. Now I participated, this is years ago in this, um, it, I don't know if you heard of the guy, Warner Earhart. He was kind of a big yeah. deal back in the seventies. He had a one called EST, E-S-T. Yeah. where they'd go to a three-day seminar and then they would basically talk about issues that are mentally blocking them from progressing to have a more so, fulfilling life. And then it became landmark education. That's what I also to from with. that you had landmark education. You also have impact that, that came yeah. through that same group and they're very similar. Now explain also the difference the between landmark forum as well. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I did it back in the nineties, but my parents did it 91. And then when I got back from my mission, everybody has different experiences going to it and get different value from it. But what would be the difference between these two, as far as you were talking, referencing the fact that it was like a workshop and how would, I mean, what are you learning? That's a lot different than maybe landmark or impact or one of those programs. So landmark and impact are very much what I would call uh, your business type processes. They're mm -hmm. very much around who we are in our Western civilization and in getting into your psyche in, you know, really getting in and figuring out what's going on underneath, um, but not from a spiritual aspect. Um, whereas yeah, the shaman... The shaman courses are going to teach you some skills to do very much the same things from a different aspect. For example, in shamanism, the first archetype that I teach when I teach classes is serpent energy, or, and which is uh, also uh, coordinates with your root chakra. Um, and it's all about learning to shed the things that don't serve you just like a serpent sheds its skin. So and that's oh, okay. your, that's your, your 32nd lesson. It's, you know, because a, a serpent doesn't shed its skin just because in order to grow and to become more of what it's supposed to be, it has to shed that skin and it doesn't mm. bemoan the fact that it's shedding its skin. It's not sad about it. It, it doesn't uh, shed the skin and then wallow about it and hang around and rub back and forth against the skin and be so sad that the skin's gone. Um, it doesn't create meaning around the skin. It just sheds the skin and moves on. Um, so, and it's not an easy process. It has to rub against the rough rocks to loosen the skin. And, you know, just like in our lives, we have to do lots of things to move forward. We have to learn to do that with gratitude. We have to do that with the ability to look at those experiences and say, this is what got me to where I'm at. This is who I am and how I got here is all of these experiences and look at them outside of the meaning that we create around them and say, thank you for this experience. It's okay for you to go away and I, I don't need this anymore. We can do this physically too. How many of, how many of us hoard things in our basements or garages? Hmm. You know, no, how no. many people have so much stuff in their garage that they can't park in the garage? Because we're so tied to the things. <laughs> yeah. and Sometimes and people hoard people. shoes. Well, I have plenty of room for my shoes. No. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that yeah. was coming. I, yeah, I, I did too. I also like <laughs> clubs. But, you know, I mean, everybody has their yeah. thing that they keep and that they hoard. 
And sometimes it's just the emotions that we hoard and that we keep and we keep all of the bad experiences and all the things that we went through because they justify who we, how we feel. Um, if we, no, no, go, I'm sorry. Go. Just going to say, if we step outside of that, you know, and, and use those things in that way, we can look at our spirit and at ourself and say, okay, I guess I'm not perfect. That's okay. Let's figure out what I can do to learn more. Right. It's basically just possible. shedding our old skin, you know, moving yeah, on to the next step. It's all the still our skin, still was us, sure. but it put it away. Move on to so the next someone skin. that's really stuck in life has a very bad trauma. Um, maybe they're in a divorce or just a, a cycle of doing the same thing over and over and never seeing success, maybe in their financial life, maybe they're in a chronic debt. Would this, would you recommend this as a, a good path for some of these people? Any of those things would be fabulous for them. You know, landmark impact, uh, talking to a spiritual advisor of some sort. I mean, mm -hmm. um, looking back over my life, you know, I'm able to manage my life after horrific experiences, my son died. You know, I, I've been able to move forward because I can look at my life and say, what can I learn from this? How can I move myself forward? How can I still enjoy life amidst these hard things? One of my favorite sayings, I don't know if any of you remember uh, from uh, America's Got Talent, the lady that called herself Nightbird. Um, oh. She came out on stage and had cancer and sang beautifully and won it, but she had this, she said this thing, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Hey. And I have that saying on a t-shirt that I got from her foundation. Um, it's on a board in our hallway. You know, as long as we spend our lives wallowing around in our misery, uh, we're never going to be happy. If all we ever look at, look at is the miserable parts of our life, how do you see past that? How do you see anything else? Um, and working hard and getting better at, at what doesn't work still doesn't work. That's a quote from Doug Yeaman. Um, I have to give credit where that goes. But if, if we're not willing to step outside of the things that we keep doing over and over again and try something different, we're always going to be miserable. We're always going to be frustrated because nothing works. But it's because we do the same things. Mm -hmm. And it's because we've got one of the things that I, I actually do keynote speeches as well and go out and talk to people. One of the things that I teach is about story. You know, we live in this space where we create stories based on our context. We have our personal experiences with context and we have our secondhand experiences, which is what our parents teach us, what our church teaches us, what we've learned from our culture, from our, our neighborhood, whatever those things are. And um, that colors every experience that we have, everything that we see, everything that we do, because that's what we see through. It's like it's coloring the inside of our lenses, um, our glasses, and that's all we know until we learn to differentiate and understand the difference between the two. One thing is real and one thing is story, uh, is story. And the story is, again, all the meaning that we attach to things. And if you can't get outside of that meaning and all the meaning that we attach to it, you don't understand that they're two different things. Mm -hmm. I had a car yeah. accident and I had a traumatic brain injury. Not me personally, I'm telling a story. And I create all these stories and all these things that I can't do because of this. Well, the reality is I just had a traumatic brain injury, not just, but this is, it's a traumatic brain injury. There's things that you can do around that. Mm -hmm. I have friends that have struggles with things because of uh, this exact experience, but they live fulfilling lives and they're happy and they love what they're doing, even though they have some limitations because of this thing that happened, they don't get bottled up and, and say that their life is over because they can't do all the things they used to or that they wanted to do. That's a good point. Cause I think a lot of people in our culture, in our world, and it's been that way 
not just now, it's been that way for a long time. I think we've become professional victims. Um, you know, if we have a traumatic, a drama or traumatic event in our life, it can really just keep us in place. We don't progress because then we become a victim. Um, you know, therefore I'm a victim. Therefore, this is why I'm where I'm at. And, uh, it's not fair. Until we are willing to be accountable to ourselves and take full responsibility for where our lives are at and who we are as a person, we're going to live in that victim mentality. Mm -hmm. If I I, am angry about something, um, it's me that's angry. The other person I'm angry at or the, the group or the process doesn't care. Who am I injuring with that anger? Me. It doesn't, it doesn't do us any good. If I'm constantly losing my job because I'm blaming everybody at the job, that's not the job's fault. That's not the people at the job. I need to yeah. be responsible for me and be responsible to the fact that I lost the job. You know, right. it's, well, it's all about accountability. There's so many things that that falls into just even trying to be in shape with stuff, you know, we can come up with a thousand excuses not to do something, but you just need the one excuse, which is yourself to do it, you know, to take care of it. And, you know, you, you're talking about a, a job situation. Like I was in a donut shop the other day, speaking of good health. <laughs> and, uh, there was a lady and her daughter going at it with the people behind the counter. I mean, they were just in each other's faces the three people. A lady and her daughter, and I was just kind of—I was looking at the girl, and I was just kind of looking at myself. And then I was like, "Ma'am, your daughter doesn't need to hear this. You know, that's completely unnecessary." You know, and they left, and they were still yelling as they were going out the door and stuff. And then I said to the young girls that were behind the counter, "Like, don't let her impact your day. Like, she's gone. You'll never ever hear or see from her again." move on with your life. Don't let that impact you. And it's, it's easy to see, see and say when you're 10,000 feet above the air, looking down at something, but when it's yourself, you know, same exact thing. Like, you know, if I'm that lady, I'm going to have that in my head. It's rattling around this rock. That's going to be just spinning all around. And so, yeah, you know, to be able to, to release that, I guess would be incredibly helpful. I, I could definitely use a lot of help. Yeah. I, I've tried meditating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, Carl laughs because he knows exactly how I am. I'm like squirrel, you know, it's so yeah. hard for me because <laughs> my, my aura, if you would, is so consumed with so much vibration all around everything else, except for like what's inside of here, you know, and I need what's inside of here to be expanded out rather than this to be shrinking it in, you know? So Good. part of that, I'm, you know, so, so we start, I talked about serpent energy. That's just one of the shamanic archetypes. There's seven and each one ties to one of the chakras. Um, grounding is part of that, Brent. Uh, so the next time you want to meditate, go stick your feet in the grass, bare feet in the grass and just enjoy the grounding and the, the touch. comfort of, of, of that touch and being yeah. in the mm. dirt and Give yourself just the allowance to be where you're at and just yeah. to be in a space of calm. It, your brain can be going on all, the, all over the place. There's different types of meditation. Just notice that it's, come, that it's there and then let it go and just notice the mm. next thing and let it go. And, but focus on the ground and focus on that, that grounding and you'll find that brain will quiet as well because I have the same thing. My head's going like this all the time. Oh, there's totally... Putting more things to do. Um, and so how do you ever accomplish anything in that space? Um, yeah. But so that's, that's why the shamanism has been so amazing for me is because it gives me a different way to look at things. It gives me an, a different way to open communication with people. Um, I can honestly say <clears throat> in the last two and a half years, I've had more spiritual experiences than I did the previous 54 years of my life. Wow. And, and to be able clarity. to, uh, there's a clarity. 
There's a yeah. peace that comes with that. There's this ability to care for other people. And I love that. I love that ability to, you know, take a minute with people and just put my arm around them or just be in the space and hold that space for them while they're struggling with something. You know, um, in the last two and a half years, I've had close to 20 friends die, very close mm. friends and mentors, people who I just um, needed in my life at some point and who, you know, filled a void um, and then to have them gone. Um, and I'm very much at peace around that. Um, mm. You know, just from our neighborhood, from the Trail Avenue neighborhood, we, um, Sandy Henderson died and Brother Morrill. And there's probably several others that I don't know about. Lance I know Bigler that and Bigler just yeah, died Lance, not too long yeah. ago. And, you know, how do you, how do you deal with those too. things if you don't have some sort of a foundation to rely on? Um, well, Alan, what do you say to those critics, though, that, I mean, I remember when I took Landmark and try to explain it to people, it's difficult, but um, I... I the the biggest resistance wasn't from people that weren't religious or weren't it was mostly the people that were very religious that gave me the most difficult time in fact it was like well why don't you just go read your bible or book of mormon and uh it's 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 got all the good stuff that you need in your life you don't need this extra curricular uh information and i'd resort to well you know we're we're supposed to look for stuff that enlightens us and, and makes us better people. But explain, do you get a lot of pushback or a little pushback occasionally, or do you just mostly work with people that are open to this kind of experience? You know, it's been really interesting to deal with all the different people um, in my mm -hmm. life. I've had some people who are just like, what the hell are you doing? This doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I really don't get it. And mm -hmm. some that are like, you're going to hell. Um, you're not abiding by the dad about this. I'm sure he wasn't too excited about it. Was he? Yeah, I mean, what's that? that? Yeah, but your father, what would he say? Uh, yeah, he, he didn't, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what I'm doing or why. And that's okay. It's, still, it's no different than um, yoga. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the an thing exercise is, for your soul is what it is. Yeah. Good point, Brent. I mean, the thing, everyone is on their own path. Everyone is on their own journey. And we've all had very different experiences and have very different things covering our lenses, like I talked about before, right? Um, mm -hmm. And who am I to judge that? Who am I to judge what's going to be good for one person versus another? Um, I love, because of my connection to Vinny and Actually, for years before that, I have had a fascination with near de with near death experiences, um, and so I've I've studied and read. I can't even tell you how many. And I have I probably have twenty friends now um, because of that experience and that studying and being in the the writing world as well, um, who've had a near death experience, and. Mm. I have not seen or heard in any single one of those anything that said, you really should have attended this other church or yeah. that you really should have done better at this thing or you were in the wrong church or you were in the wrong place. And these are people that come from many walks of life. You should have done, you know, more of whatever. And I'm not going to point out any particular religion. Um, I mean, I could talk about, you know, our upbringing, we all grew up LDS and, you know, there were some very specific things that we were told you had to have in order to get to the other side and do those things. And not a single one of those has ever come up, um, in one of these experiences that I've heard from my many friends and that I've read that said, hmm. you're going to hell because you didn't do this. Oh, sorry, you don't yeah. get to participate. You don't get to be in this anymore. You don't get to be in that space. And that doesn't mean that a religion isn't a good thing or that it isn't something that can take care of people. People with a spiritual foundation do so much better throughout their life. And we're going to get to the other side. And I, I really think it's going to be like God's going to say to us, 
so sorry you experienced that. Let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. Let's and have and a you know, and, and you, we hear about, you know, Christ praying for hours and, you know, even days at times. That, that's a form of self-meditation. You know, it's exactly what that is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's finding an inner peace and communication. And it's, it's that communication. Beyond here, expanding that out, you know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so, and I, I, you know, I bring that up and I, I say that because I really think it's important that people understand that other people are on a journey. They are in mm -hmm. their own space and they need to be given love. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. my, my philosophy on life is there's two things that we get to take with us when we die. We get to take with us the knowledge that we've acquired the experience, the wisdom, we get to take that with us because that's part of who we are. And the other part, the thing that we take with us is our relationships, the people that we've connected to, the people that we've grown to love and that we've, you know, all of that, you know, so if those are the things that we get to take with us, then all the other things we'll figure out, Right. you know, mm -hmm. this, you know, one of the things that Vinny always said, you know, since we're, we, that's part of our base here is this is a classroom, not a courtroom. And Amen. Yeah. it's so Amen. hard because so often we just live in this space of guilt and shame and feeling bad about, you know, whatever it is, doesn't mean that those people aren't going to, you know, be where they need to be. Right. It, but, yeah. you know, it, it gets so hard. You know, you were talking about earlier, um, your own kids, you know, and, and trying to find their own place. But, you know, if, if you don't work hard and if you don't have the right amount of money and, you know, every, everything now is, I, I look at money as almost like points in a game. That's all it is. It's just points. And you rack up points for these things that you do. And, and we get so tied up and I'll often tell the people that I work with, you know, live, don't, don't live to work, work to live. And it's getting so much harder and harder and harder because you have to have more and more points just to get food or just, just to, to get a house or just to get yeah. a car or to get gas for your car, get the insurance for the car, get a part for the car, get a part for your house. You know, it's all these points that you just got to keep racking up and racking up and racking up. But like you said, when it's over for us, those points go nowhere. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, you know, why should, why does our life have to be constantly about, as you said, Brent, the points when there's plenty of things we can do that don't require points. Um, and how much of our life is spent looking at those type of things versus accumulating more points. I, I know what you're talking about because I've, I've found myself in that predicament, like um, well, geez, I don't have any cash this weekend. What am I going to do? There's plenty to do. What did I want to do? I want to do something where I spend some more money, spend some points, because then I feel more like everyone else. And I feel like I'm a success. I feel like, oh, I've, I'm doing the right thing. When in reality, I'm not, I'm not spending time with the ones I care about the most or love the most. I'm, uh, you know, and so I think it's just a, I, I think it's a good deception that's been created. It keeps part a lot of, of us off track. It's part of being stuck in the story. Mm -hmm. You know, the society. The matrix. matrix. Yep. Yeah. There you go. We all live in the matrix. And we're, we're stuck in the story instead of in reality. And understanding that there is a difference between the story and what really happened. And yeah, so... And like, if we can continually focus on what really happened and why did I create this, this thought process or this thing that I'm worried about, or this thing that I I'm creating around that, the meaning that I'm creating, then it's a lot easier. And we're not as worried about the points and making more points, or I don't have any money. What am I going to do this weekend? Well, what do you get to take with you? The things you learned and the people you connected with. So how are you going to connect with people? And how are you going to learn something new? Go to the, go to the library, go on a hike, go to the park and spend time with the people you love. Go make a new friend, go join a club, 
You know, there's mm -hmm. so many experiences that aren't expensive and that you can just go and enjoy. You know, yeah, the library is yeah. free and it has thousands of books on thousands of topics and you can go figure it out. There's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I see some, like Brent said too, there's some people who just think if I work another, you know, 10 hours extra overtime this week or 15 hours overtime this week, not, you know, someone's going to see that and then I'm going to be promoted. And reality is no one thinks about you, you know, 15 hours I mean, we that think I just everybody's, lost. yeah, no one thinks about you. The only one that thinks about you is you most of the time. And unless you're the type of person that, like you said, Alan, put yourself out there is, is giving, is sharing, then they think more about you because you make them feel good. You make them feel special. You make them feel part of whatever this all is. And I think that's the key we lose when we think we're going to go out and make a bunch of money and become something. When in reality, it doesn't require money. It requires a sacrifice or an effort on our end to help out. I call it the national exchange. We exchange the things that we have for the things that we need or that we want. And mm -hmm. we get to determine what are those things that we're willing to exchange our, our effort and our time and our lifeblood for. Hmm. What is that? That's a good point. I, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie with Justin Timberlake, but, um, it's where you have your, your life on your arm. It's a clock that runs backwards on your arm, you know, and you can do oh, things yeah, to I, like I add that. points that and great. add it in there and stuff. But I've often wondered, you know, a deeper meaning in that film, like if we all lived with this clock on our arm, knowing exactly when our time is going to be. And some of the stupid things we do, you'd watch that time disappear off your arm. Wow. It's lost what kind of years. decisions? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like how much time, how, how much, how often would we do things differently? To well, how absorb that time? Be to give that, that away going. though. That that's the other question. Right. Yeah. 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 If I eat this, I eat this chocolate cake or I eat the, the. Yeah. Knock 19 hours off my life for one piece of chocolate cake or. Or what's, what's. That gain, like? gain 30 minutes from a carrot. You know, well, probably when my, when my clock is this big, I would probably eat the chocolate cake, but when it's this big, you know. Yeah. It's, well, it's one, a matter of scarcity, right? When we, when is. there's something, we're more careful with it. Yeah. Well, not to keep you too long, but before we leave, uh, Alan, I wanted to talk a little bit about what your plans are in the future. And I understand you will be a published writer. You already have a poem that you've written or a few articles you've written, right? So I have a short story that's published in a, in a little coloring book that I did for somebody, which was really fun. Um, I've been working on a book called about The Undertaker's No. Oh, um, it, was actually, it was actually about shamanism. It was, it was kind of fun. Um, oh, cool. Uh, the, but I've got, I've got a, a young adult uh, fantasy called The Undertaker's Apprentice that I've been working on for a few years. Um, I have a publisher who's told me I have to have it to them in the next couple of weeks. Um, oh. Doesn't mean they'll publish it. That's kind of like a job interview. But <laughs> oh, okay. Given me some, it's given me some, some really fun momentum and excitement around getting it done. Um, love that. Um, I'm also teaching shaman classes. Uh, I do that once a month. So I'm, uh, on the third month of a seven month course, um, of teaching people about things like the serpent energy that I mentioned. Um, but there's, hmm. like I said, there's seven more of those. Um, I do keynote speeches um, and I talk about, you know, seeing the story differently. Um, I have a website that I'm working on that is called The Soul Path, that is spelled the S-O-L-E path, which like, is a like play, on, play, play on the shoes. Um, and I that will be a lot <laughs> about the speaking that I do and why I think these things are important. And um, That's awesome. I do guidance sessions with people. I've been doing, um, for years since my son died, I've been doing, um, peer counseling and working with families around grief, um, when they're struggling for whatever reason, 
you know, because that death is a, is a huge loss of expectations and that's really hard for people to deal with. Um, so mm. those are some of the things that I'm up to and that I'm in the middle of, and I'm in a good place mentally and emotionally for me. Uh, I love taking care of people. Um, that's part of who I have become, I guess. Now, if someone it's, wants to reach out to you, what, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it through your so, Instagram or through um, you Facebook? You can email me at crazyshoeguy at gmail.com or the rogue soul at gmail.com. Those are my two emails. Okay. We'll include that in the description too for anybody and again, that wants the to reach out And again, the rogue soul is S-O-L-E. S-O-L-E. Yeah. Shoes. Because I really think we're all on a pathway. We're yeah, all mm-hmm. on a path and, and experiencing things in our own way. And I don't think anybody's wrong in the way that they're doing it. I think you just need to see outside that story and be able to move forward. You know, you, yeah. you mentioned public speaking and, you know, I know some people just get terrified over that thought of getting up in front of a bunch of people, but I, I think you're a lot like I am. Like, I almost find it therapeutic to be able to stand up in front of a group of people and talk and share and, and all that stuff. And then like your energy is just so built up, you know, your, your adrenaline and everything is so wild and everything. And then when you finish and you come down and and it starts to come down you just have like this sense of accomplishment but like you you miss that you know like you you want to get back into it again because it's such an adrenaline drive and stuff it is amazing go ahead sorry i was just gonna say it's amazing the opportunity that you get when you're standing in front of people um i love the idea of being the person who can help somebody change the trajectory of their life yeah. Um, because we all have so many hard things that we're dealing with, whether it's the, the national exchange and the lack of points or it's death in our family or it's cancer or it's, you know, what uh, some other type of illness or there's so much, there's so many things that are just difficult for people. And I love that if we can change, if I can give somebody the opportunity or just a little nudge in some direction that improves their life. That is fantastic. And I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome. I was going to ask too, just, you know, someone from, let's say outside of Utah, so they can't um, go to your class or maybe you do Zoom, which we, but. I'm working um, on some online courses too, but they're not in place yet. Well, let's say someone wants to go through a shaman journey or class, what's the best place to look for a class like the one year you went to? Um, so I would say, look in your local area, you're probably going to find some sort of a studio, maybe a crystal store, something like somewhere that they're doing breathwork classes or they're doing sound baths or they're teaching meditation or the, you know, maybe the local yoga studio where they're doing some of those things. There's a lot of different places that are teaching you how to manage those things in your life. Um, for some people, it's it's your church or your religious upbringing. Those things are amazing and can give people a lot to look forward to and, and give them an opportunity to um, feel better about themselves and, and who they are and where they're at in their life. Um, I really believe that you need three things in your life, and I get this from my nephew. You need somewhere to go someone to love and something to look forward to. Hmm. And I think those three things, you have a pretty good life and you have just some good things. So I would say find what works for you and always find some way to create something to look forward to. Great. That's good advice. Fantastic. That is. It's been awesome having you on tonight. Yeah, yeah thanks, I, Alan, for taking time. We really appreciate it. Love, I love Great the stuff. opportunity to share. So, and fun to catch up about the neighborhood and all the things that, you know, all of our friends growing up and all the amazing yeah. people that have been in our lives. Hey, and, and for any kids listening, being mean to that guy or that girl that at school is going to, 
I mean, you're going to be on a podcast 45, 50 years later, just letting you know. They may not be as nice as I am, and they may call you out. And, you know, I'll run into them at a movie premiere, and they're the one with all the money, and you wish you had been nicer to them. (laughs) Amen, brother. Amen. Awesome. That's awesome, Alan. Thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate having you on. And even though your little brother popped off here early, it's probably his bedtime, but it was good seeing. Probably work stuff, computer, things like that. Seeing the old one here again with us. Yeah, we get him on everyone. <laughs> we, we enjoy his little retorts, especially. I'll give him a rash of Your wife later. loves him, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Alan. Appreciate your hard work and everything like that. Great, guys. See Fun you next week. This week on Three Dad Boss. You guys.